The horses are at the gate. And they're off. Welcome to Winning Ponies. With the weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, John Inglehart, racing's regular guy. All right. Well, thanks again for joining us here on Winning Ponies. Racing is finally and slowly, but so happily, getting back into stride. So well, we're going to have more and more to talk about. We've got uh, two good personalities on the show tonight. People that if you've been in the racing game for a while, you know who they are. And that is the sensational rider, Julie Crone, who is getting ready to embark on a new career, if you can believe that. Uh, quit riding. Uh, Mary J. Havday, who was on the show not too long ago. And they had a daughter who's now 15. But Julie can't sit still for very long. And she has discovered an amazing young woman uh, that is, she's going to take over as her agent, if you can believe that. Farron Peterson, a 28-year-old jockey who uh, started making waves at Del Mar last summer, and they're going to go to Monmouth Park. The interesting thing uh, about uh, Peterson is she's a doctor of veterinarian medicine and an equine veterinarian acupuncturist. So if ever anyone knew a horse from the ground up, it would definitely be Peterson. So uh, we are going to uh, uh, talk to Julie about her new career uh, as a jockey agent. That should be very interesting. Uh, they better get tied on because she can talk a mile a minute and she'll be selling Farron left and right. And then uh, after that, we're going to talk to Joe Christofik. I know you see him all the time handicapping the horses uh, at the fairgrounds and most recently at Churchill behind his COVID-19 uh, screen. And, uh, you know, uh, Joe's been on the show a lot. I've known him for about 20 years. Uh, you know, Joey Decay, as he was nicknamed by my friend Kevin Gomer. And, uh, you know, you, you've seen him a lot at Arlington Park. He also uh, has been the morning line maker there and at Kentucky Downs <clears throat> and, uh, you know, a lot of the uh, Chicago areas. Now, he is now going into a new venture called Brilliant Racing. And uh, he's going to be putting together partnerships, and he wants to invite you to participate. So Joe will give us the details about that, but if you are uh, interested in getting into the horse game, uh, Joe will tell you how to get a hold of him. Brilliant Racing Limited Liability Company. And uh, we'll give out the uh, emails and even his number to call. Late breaking news every Thursday, it always happens. Nadal, one of the early favorites for the Kentucky Derby, has been retired with a left front lateral condylar fracture. 
condylar fracture. I looked it up how to pronounce it because I've been screwing it up for years. Um, it was just announced today. The injury was diagnosed uh, after this three-year-old blame Colt worked a half mile in 48 and four, not a bad work, Santa Anita Park for Hall of Famer Bob Baffert. And obviously they noticed right away something was wrong and he went to surgery at the equine hospital at the Southern California track. And uh, it basically it requires two screws and uh, instead of waiting for all the return time and whether or not he'd make it back for the Breeders' Cup Classic, they're just saying, look, this is a sensational horse with sensational breeding. <clears throat> He's proven his greatness with grade one wins. We're just going to retire him. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, where he gets retired. Uh, if, if you ever saw him, he was humongous. He weighed 1,300 pounds. And I don't know if that pounding, uh, you know, could have uh, happened to it. And by the way, the condylar fracture is kind of like... If you look the word up, it's it, it goes back to the word knuckles. And so it would be like a horse's hoof was your fingernail, and then you go to your knuckle. Uh, just above that is where these fractures occur. And uh, I spoke at length with a veterinarian today, and he says, you know, in, in most cases, we're able to patch these horses up, and they return to a racing career, many of them right at the level they were at. But... Obviously, as we all know, horses as valuable as this and the time that's involved, he's already stamped himself as a really top-of-the-line horse. I don't know if that's going to scare breeders away or not. If you go back uh, you know, through his uh, career, um, uh, he, he's been with Baffert the whole time. After a maiden win, that was January 19th. This is the horse everybody was comparing to Justify. Uh, broke his maiden right about the same time as Justify. And then he rattled off three consecutive stakes wins. The San Vincenti, that was a grade two. The Rebel Stakes, also grade two. And then impressive in the Arkansas Derby. A lot of people thinking him, again, as the Derby favorite. So, um he was purchased for $700,000 at the Gulfstream Park Phasic Tipton Select Two-Year-Olds and Training Sale. And they haven't announced officially, but uh, the owner said Spendthrift Farm was obviously in the pole position. Of course, they stand some of the country's most popular stallions. You got Into Mischief, now Omaha Beach, uh, Vino Rosso, and Matoli. Uh, so make room, we think, for Nadal. So that opens the door uh, to some other horses. Of course, he was uh, uh, pointing towards uh, the Belmont Stakes and uh, Tis the Laws breezing in Florida right now. And uh, the Belmont, of course, will be Saturday, June 20th. But uh, Tis the Law, according to Barkley Tag, is really going in the right direction. And uh, now that mile and an eighth at Belmont, that's contested around one turn. And uh, Tag says that'll be no problem. So right now, and these are probables, things are going to change, as you know. Uh, Basin trained by Aspusen. Uh, looks like Charlton, they announced today before this came out or yesterday that Charlton was going to not race against Nadal and was probably going to go in the Woody Stevens. So that could change tomorrow and start pointing him to the Belmont. I don't know. And then Pletcher has Farmington Road, Governor Morris, uh, and, uh, uh, 
one other horse who's not on the list I'm reading right now. Of course, I already mentioned Tis the Law. We got uh, Pappy and Cones in the three-year-old mix with Solo Volante and Bill Mott with Modernist. Uh, so uh, that's how it's shaping up. We'll find out what happens. Here is some big news. Keeneland is going to be racing during the summer. The Kentucky Horse Racing Commission approved a spectator-free five-day summer meet. We're going to talk to Amy Gregory from Keeneland uh, as we get closer to that day. It'll be Wednesday, July 8th through Sunday, July 12th. And you can bet that we will be uh, covering uh, uh, those races in those days because they had a lot of big races. Um, you know, the, the Bluegrass Stakes, the Ashland, um, you know, two of the major preps for the Derby and the Oaks. And they'll be early enough that they'll still be preps for those races. Well, Eclipse Award win trainer Steve DeMauro passed away. He was 87 years old. That kind of surprised me that he was that old. Um, he passed away in Florida. Uh, but, uh, and I also didn't know he began his career racing as a jockey and then as a trainer at his first champion in 66 with Lady Pitt, won the coaching club American Oaks, the Mother Goose, and the Delaware Oaks. His best year, though, 75. Remember this horse? Wajima, the last crop of bold ruler who cost then a record $600,000. We're going back a few years now, folks, mid-70s. And uh, he, he did very well. Uh, he, he was uh, syndicated by uh, Japanese interests, but uh, uh, no, nothing but good things to say about DeMauro. Another really well-known horse, Dearly Precious, was uh, conditioned by him. She was some kind of runner for sure and uh, also served in many roles in training over his many years on the racetrack. Uh, New York HBPA, the backstretch workers, but uh, he will be missed. He helped develop a lot of people. Richard Migliori says uh, that uh, he had a lot to do with his career. Now, out west, Delmar is going to start a little bit earlier. Originally scheduled to open its 81st summer season, July 18th. Uh, an earlier start with racing on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday throughout the summer, closing with a four-day week. Uh, leading up to Labor Day, of course, that's going to be Derby Day, and they had hoped to operate five, but but they're not. It, right now, they're looking at a uh, spectator-free uh, situation at Del Mar, and uh, so Laurel Park is going to resume racing on May 30th, and Prairie Meadows is going to begin uh, June 19th. That's a 67-day meet. Let's go back uh, last week. Uh, Marty McGee uh, uh, joined us for some races. We had our first win in your end for the Breeders' Cup. That was the Shoemaker Mile. And Raging Bull, the French bred, became racing's newest millionaire. Last year didn't win a race, and right now is already off to a grade one start. In the second spot was next shares who was last early and had tried to rally and third was the favorite without parole uh then we're uh we're looking at uh uh the grade one gamely uh, very ranking the post position was the favorite e toll so the winner was keeper of the stars paid 1660 first grade one win for trainer Jonathan Wong in the second spot was Bochita, British bread, and third was a mucho usual. 
the Charlie Whittingham, a grade two. We had a DQ in here, but it did not involve the winner, United, who uh, led in the stretch and just held on by the shortest of heads uh, over Rock Emperor, who uh, got DQ'd. He uh, got a couple bumps there uh, with Originaire, a six to one shot. Originaire was moved up to the second spot, and Rock Emperor, a slight favorite. Moved down to third. And then with Marty, we went to Churchill Downs, a slew of $100,000 races. Good horses in there. Dunbar Road, very, very impressive. A lightly raced on a quality road, making his sixth lifetime start. Five victories now. Was sent away the favorite. Jose Ortiz was in the saddle. Second at 27 to 1 was Chocolate Kisses. And third was Vault. Then we're looking at the Teppen, uh, this for three-year-old fillies. The winner in there, well, last year she won the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Fillies Turf. Manny Franco in the iron, won by a half a length. Second was Abscond, and third outside was Alms. All right, let's move on. We got three more left. We'll look at the one-mile blame, and uh in, in the blame, it was Owendale. Marty McGee's pick paid $9. Last to first strong rally in the stretch for Owendale. In the second spot was ever fast at 28 to 1. This horse races in nothing but graded stakes races. Surprised that it got away at those odds. And a third spot was 10 to 1. Silver dust. Okay, we will move on then. To the Matt Wynn Derby points race, very impressive. Maxfield, wow. Impressive move through the lane. Uh, Jose Ortiz kind of wrapped up on him during the final few yards. Rated well on the back stretch and uh, had to go wide. Still got the jump. So look for Maxfield. Who knows? Maybe he'll decide to jump into the Belmont mix. In uh, the... Uh, the second spot was New York Traffic, who's pretty impressive. And third was Pneumatic. And the last race we looked at with Marty, uh, it was the War Chant. Three-year-olds, obviously named after War Chant. It was on uh, the turf. And uh, the, the, uh, the winner in here, smooth like straight, a three-year-old cold pressed the pace the whole way and got the job done. Second was Pixelate. All right, that's a look at the late-breaking news and last week's races. We're going to take a little bit of a break, and we come back. Hopefully, we'll be with Julie Crone. You're listening to Winning Ponies. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. 
pick, bet, and cheer on live racing from Woodbine and Mohawk Park. Thoroughbred and harness action. The wagers are just the beginning. Watch award-winning broadcasts covering both breeds. Incredible battles contested over the most unique grass course in North America. Experience the full field with over 130 thoroughbred and 160 live harness days. Get access to free handicapping material and join the ranks of Woodbine and Mohawk Park players from all over the globe. For more information, visit woodbine.com. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Inglehart, racing's regular guy. The phone lines are open and are toll-free, 1-866-472-5788, or send us an email at show at winningponies.com. John and our guests are looking forward to hearing from you. Have any tips or comments you'd like to share? Any questions we would be happy to answer? Contact us. Now, back to the show, Winning Ponies with John Inglehart. All right. Well, we're having a little trouble connecting with Julie, so uh, our uh, producer will continue to do that, and then we'll go on to Joe Christofek. But uh, pretty, pretty much, here's the story that uh, we're going to be covering. It's a, it's a very interesting one. Uh, as I told you, Julie uh, and uh, Jay Hovday uh, married several years ago. They have a daughter. And uh, she came out of, re- re- remembers 2003, she came out of retirement where she had Candy Ride. It wasn't that long ago, uh, we spoke with uh, both Julie and Jay about the, uh, the book that they recently penned, One Sweet Ride, uh, with uh, her um, great relationship that she had with Candy Ride. What a great horse uh, uh, that horse has been. And... Uh, uh, He's turning into a nice sire, and this book kind of covers it from a real personal side since, uh, you know, Julie was was the jock, and uh, it was uh, Jenny and Sid Craig. Yes, Jenny Craig, ladies and gentlemen, of uh, the famous uh, diet food line, was one of the owners there with her husband uh, of, uh, of a sweet horse. <laughs> by the name of Candy Ride. Maybe she got to sneak a little in every now and then, but that's when we spoke to, to Julie last. But uh, this summer's going to look a little bit different for, for her uh, because she's very excited about making her return into the racing world, but not as a rider. She's announced that she's going to become the agent for a woman by the name of Farron Peterson. Now, she's a 28-year-old jockey. Again, I told you she was doing well at Del Mar, and she's preparing to go back to Mammoth Park, where Julie did a lot of her riding, and uh, she's got a special place in Crone's heart. Um, you know, Peterson, a graduate of the UC Davis uh, with a Doctor of Veterinary Medicine degree, um, as well as, listen to this, she was a former NCAA Division I pole vaulter. Now, can you imagine that little girl <laughs> vaulting all the way up? <laughs> yeah, but anyhow, she was a Division I pole vaulter, and uh, she's also an equine veterinary acupuncturist. And uh, I, again, uh, 
very interesting. And uh, Crone was at a, a book signing, and uh, and uh, Farron Peterson was standing in line and didn't look she was going to get her book signed. She was, so she kind of postured herself uh, out in the parking lot to meet her childhood idol. And uh, she waited for Crone to come walking out of the track. And so uh, she got her book autographed and they started talking uh, about the sport and her desire to be a jockey. And all of a sudden they just really hooked up and uh, Crone went back home and watched her races and uh she said man this jockey is good so uh peterson now totally immersed in 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 racing uh for somebody that grew up with no racing connections uh but she did compete uh on the arabian equitation and dressage uh circuit uh her uh dream of becoming a jockey uh, now that she was on the track with her other degrees, uh, after pursuing her career as a veterinarian and acupuncturist, uh, she's uh, started to uh, get up on horses. And uh, after, you know, uh, get riding a few, she obtained her jockey's license and made her career start in February at Golden Gate. And then she competed various tracks for the next two years. Obviously, didn't set the world on fire because we haven't heard about her. I think she was just kind of testing the waters. But uh, Crone said nobody could stop her. Uh, they'd go to take a test, do a surgery, then drive to the track for the weekend and ride four horses. It's like, who does that? You're crazy. <laughs> but uh, so after she got her medical degree, she got she got back to, to the track and just dedicated herself uh, to racing. Again, Crone was uh, watching her fight her way through the Del Mar meet. And so Crone uh, decided, hey, I'm going to get behind her. I saw her ride with nice long reins. Her horsemanship was beautiful. Uh, she gets along with any horse and is so dedicated, smart, and articulate. She's a pleasure to be around. I knew she was going to be something I could believe in. I wanted to be a part of it. So when Del Mar meets ended, Crone uh, encouraged Peterson to stay with her in San Diego. Uh, they had been working together with Crone putting the doctor through, uh, I guess, what we'd call jockey boot camp. And they just talked racehorses and strategy, and they watched races together. And Crone uh, said it was been incredible to watch her change as an athlete. And uh, they'd be sitting around eating dinner, and they'd turn around, and she'd be on the exerciser uh, doing her thing. And, uh, you know, just a real dedication to the sport. Uh, you know, she just says that uh, she started to introduce her to people, and now she's telling stories and getting warm to the backstretch life. Um, you know, the, he, she just said, even if you just knew her for a day, you'd want her to be the leading apprentice jockey in the nation. She's so likable that Julie's really looking forward to showing people what a great uh, jockey she's going to be. So uh, now uh, Crone, of course, has a 15-year-old daughter, and uh, so uh, she's been uh, – she was doing a little bit of riding but decided that wasn't for her, and then they decided to go into theater. Lorelai uh, was her name, so uh, uh, Jay and Julie, you know, watch her, but uh, – you know, she says, you know, it's going to be tough kind of going away. So while Crone transitioned to his new role as agent, Peterson is now galloping at Overbrook Farm in New Jersey, preparing for her uh, summer base of, of racing at Monmouth Park. 
So uh, it's going to be next month, which is right around the corner, ladies and gentlemen, that Crone's going to join her in New Jersey. And uh, so she just said that I want this summer to be where she can ride every day and finally reap the rewards of all she's been doing. I don't know if she's going to be there all the time to watch her. But the idea of walking around Monmouth Park with Farron uh, makes her heart burst with joy uh, to be on those hallowed grounds representing a jockey I believe in with with so much talent. Uh, and uh, certain she's a gifted athlete. She's got drive, intelligence. Um, but, uh, you know, she says that she brings a whole new aspect to riding as a veterinarian. Not only is she in their minds as good as calming them down, the nervous ones, that is, but she knows and understands how their bodies work. She says, but woe to the person who calls Peterson anything but a jockey. Uh, do not call her a veterinarian or an acupuncturist, Crone warned. Uh, she'll react to that later on. But right now, she's an athlete. She doesn't want to be an intellect. Uh, it's fun to watch people try to tell her, oh, being a jockey is so dangerous and you're so pretty. Why don't you just go be a veterinarian and stop this nonsense? But then they realize you're never going to talk her out of it. So you might as well grab on and go for the ride. She's going to be unstoppable, she says. And she can't wait when people say, I want to put that veterinarian on my horse. So Farron Peterson, ladies and gentlemen, remember that name. And of course, uh, it'll be easy to know when she is in the area because uh, uh, Julie, when she was born, uh, wasn't given uh, the regular needle. She was hit with a phonograph needle and she can talk. It's just too bad that uh, we had difficulties uh, getting a hold of her tonight. I gave her heads up earlier in the day. Who knows? She might be busy with, with something. But I would have rather heard that story I just told uh, come out of the mouth of uh, Julie Crone. But doesn't look like that's going to happen. You kind of got stuck with me. But I won't be stuck shortly because my buddy Joe Christofix is going to be with us. Again, you guys know who he is. Uh, dark glasses, uh, giving out his picks pre-race and uh, interviews after. Uh, involved uh, mostly where we see him now is at the fairgrounds in New Orleans and, and Churchill uh, in, in Louisville, but uh, Joe's done just about a little bit of everything in the sport. Uh, <clears throat> in addition to serving as paddock host, he's been the face of Racing 101 uh, for America's Best Racing, uh, fan development specialist for the Horse Racing Nation, morning line maker for Arlington and Kentucky Downs, handicapper and racing writer for the Daily Herald newspaper in his native Chicago. Um, he has started some other uh, partnerships and fan education projects. Of course, Joe, uh, through all of his experience, is a member of the National Turf Writers and Broadcasters Association. Uh, he used to, I don't know, he may still work on the Dubai World Cup Notes team. I mean, talk about a career. And then uh, you want to rewind a little bit. He was the on-air talent for Hawthorne races between the races in the 1990s. And uh, he was the on-air host and content coordinator for the racing uh, network uh, back in the early 2000s. 
he was the owner, produced, and host of the popular racing magazine, Horse and Around TV. And uh, he's co-owned Horses in Partnership. And if you know Joe, he loves handicapping and he loves playing in the handicap contest. So uh, when, when he comes on, uh, we won't have to do too much of Joe's resume uh, because we just covered it pretty well. So uh, it's going to be very interesting to hear about this uh, new foray into partnerships that obviously will run parallel uh, to his other positions in racing right now. But uh, we're going to hear it uh, from Joe and also as an ambassador of racing, just kind of pick his brain about uh, the things in racing that uh, that he's liking and maybe not liking right now. So uh, sorry we missed Julie, but I pretty much gave you the story that we were going to cover. Farron Peterson, Monmouth Park, remember that name? I'm looking forward to see how she has developed under the tutelage of Julie Crone. All right. Quick break, and we'll be back with Joey Decay. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. Pick, bet, and cheer on live racing from Woodbine and Mohawk Park. Thoroughbred and harness action. The wagers are just the beginning. Watch award-winning broadcasts covering both breeds. Incredible battles contested over the most unique grass course in North America. Experience the full fields with over 130 thoroughbred and 160 live harness days. Get access to free handicapping material and join the ranks of Woodbine and Mohawk Park players from all over the globe. For more information, visit woodbine.com. Follow the Voice America Variety Channel on Twitter. Our hosts always have something to say, and we know that you do too. We tweet on today's hot topics, and you're welcome to follow us. Speak up and join in at Voice AM Variety. That's at Voice AM Variety. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Englehart, racing's regular guy. The phone lines are open and are toll-free, 1-866-472-5788, or send us an email at show at winningponies.com. John and our guests are looking forward to hearing from you. Have any tips or comments you'd like to share? Any questions we would be happy to answer? Contact us. Now, back to the show. Winning Ponies with John Inglehart. All right. Well, Joe Christopic is with us. I'm not going to go over his resume because I just did. And man, it's a long one. But what all those jobs that he has had add up to is he is an outstanding 
ambassador to racing, which is all of us in the game <laughs> to do that. Luckily, Joe's got a really good platform to do it as uh, you get to see him a lot on television. And soon you're going to get to meet him in person, I hope, if you're uh, interested in his, uh, uh, his new Brilliant Racing LLC. Well, we're, we're going to get to that. And then hopefully we'll get to a couple of these tough Churchill card. Uh, but right now, uh, Joey Decay, how are you? I'm good, you know, as well as you can be under the circumstances. It's nice to try to get back to some semblance of normalcy. I was in uh, New Orleans at the uh, the beginning of the pandemic, and we canceled, you know, the last week and a half of racing there. Luckily, we made it to Louisiana Derby Day, which was great day of racing, but, you know, it was weird without having the fans and now doing the same thing at Churchill. But if you've been watching the races, John, full field, high quality all-star jockey and trainer colony, and it's uh, it's been a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. I I just gave out our results from last week. Uh, I I had uh, Marty McGee on. And, and you, those those uh, 100 granders that, that you had down there could have been quarter million dollar races with, with the fields because all these horses have been in training and the owners want to see a return on their investment. And I'm, I know the trainers are tired of the horses kicking down the stalls. Uh, that's got to make your racing secretaries very happy men. Yeah, I know we're going to talk about it a little bit later, but just for an example, the Mint Julep, a grade three Ooh. on Saturday at Churchill, uh, 14 horses, eight of them are graded stakes winners, competing for a hundred grand, which at Churchill last year was uh, the average allowance purse. <laughs> Think about it. Well, uh, you know, a, a lot of the facilities uh, that are, you know, associated with casinos are really hurting purse wise because they're not getting that uh, the money that they would get for being owned by a casino. And so that's going to be interesting on some of these tracks that are starting back up, uh, certainly the ones in Ohio, to see how long they can go with you know the purse money that was that was there on the table now i i i i do watch you uh, mostly on the weekends and i and i do see the 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 covid screen in in front of your camera at least you don't have to wear a a mask or anything um you know again for somebody because i i can't go there they they're not giving out passes just how eerie is it to see no one out there and all this really good racing action going on yeah, I mean it's it's disappointing, but it's uh, it's necessary. Um, I am in the Champions Lounge at Churchill Downs, which normally seats a couple hundred people, and there's basically myself, Scott Shapiro, and Ed DeRosa who do TV with me, and our cameraman. There's like four people in a giant room. We do wear masks when we're there. I don't wear the mask when I'm on the air. Uh, for those five minutes or race or however long that we're on, but we wear we wear them, and uh, obviously if you're eating or drinking, you're not wearing them. But it's just weird. You're seeing everybody in masks. You're not seeing any fans. You're seeing winter circle, John, for you know stakes races, literally with the groomer, hot walker, usually the assistant trainer, because a lot of times the trainer doesn't even show up, and maybe one other person. It's like it's just really weird. I can't do post race interviews can't share a microphone obviously and uh it's just a strange time and hopefully we'll look back at it and just say man i can't believe we went through that and hopefully that time won't be too long from now 
Yeah, I can't wait till we come out on, on the other side of this because just like the horses and their connections chomping at the bit to get in the race, I, I'm chomping at the bit just to go to the races, you know. I, I don't care where it is, you know. I just want the, the smell and the sounds and the access uh, to, to the horses. I mean, we're not even allowed to, to get near them for the morning workouts. Uh, so it, it, it's it's hard on the fans too, Joe. I can tell you that. Now, uh Again, as somebody that's always been a great ambassador of the sport, uh, you admittedly enjoy the game on, on many levels, not only, uh, uh, you know, in doing what you do professionally, but as a handicapper and a guy that doesn't mind betting on a horse. But you're, you're kind of you're, you're you're branching off here to work at another kind of a parallel uh, field in racing. And what I think is great about it is somebody as experienced as you is, is going to start to try to bring people into the game. Uh, tell us about a brilliant racing limited liability company, because I'm sure we're going to have some listeners. And I want to make sure we give out their contacts before you go um, that might be interested in your uh, concept of getting people that close to the horse that they would be owners. Yeah, so mm, this is going to be the third partnership coming up. I'm the uh, the founding member, so I'm the one that conceptualized it. Took a full-time job with Churchill after the uh, racing partnership was already established. They asked me, basically, you know, you work full-time for Churchill. In the role that you have, we'd really prefer if you weren't, you know, a managing partner, so to speak. So I'm a member of uh, the first, the second, and the third partnership very active member uh, of all three. Um, obviously, I'm you know in the forefront, and when my horses race, I'm not allowed to be on TV. It's full disclosure. You know, you can't talk about your horse, good, bad, or indifferent. So I get to sit those races out, and honestly, John, it's great because I just get to be a fan and enjoy the experience of being in the paddock with my horse and watching my horses compete and not have to worry about being on the air for those particular races. But you know, the way we set this thing up, we buy uh, three horses as a two-year-old in training sales. We oftentimes partner up with, uh, with friends that are also in racing to kind of limit the, uh, the risk and limit the bills moving forward because we're all about having the action. And, yeah, for a, for a marginal fee, uh, it is real horse ownership. Um, you know, you can get involved, and we, we pride ourselves on transparency and open communication and uh, we have a Facebook member page and send out emails regularly and, you know, really try to make it a family atmosphere. Um, and it's, it's been very successful. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, you know, I mean, owning a racehorse, several racehorses, uh, I couldn't do it. I couldn't afford it on my own. Right. So I felt this was a way to kind of just get other people involved, get myself involved uh, at a higher level and uh, be able to enjoy what I really enjoy. The racing is one thing, John, but going back to the barn and, you know, watching these horses develop, there's a lot to be said for that as well. Absolutely, especially if you're putting together uh, uh, people of a similar nature. I've always said it's better to own part of a good horse than all of a bad one. But, you know, what's interesting is, you know, you have kind of found a silver lining in this strange world we're living in, in that uh, because of the delay in the sales process for the two-year-olds in training, uh, this is could be a buyer's market. 
uh, especially at the mid-level. So I'm, I'm guessing uh, that's what you're looking at. And I do believe that you're kind of uh, looking at the upcoming Ocala Spring Sale uh, that's going to sh- start in late May. And uh, the sale is going to be uh, June 9th through 12th. Is that where you might go to buy your future stable stars? Yeah, we're in the recruiting process for members now. A good percentage of the members from our first two partnerships are in the third one. So obviously they've been very happy with how we've been managing things and the horses that we bought, et cetera. But we are accepting new members. And uh, the Breeze Show starts on Sunday. Uh, (laughs) Brandon Staubel's, uh, you know, one of our managing partners. He's a clocker. He clocks every Breeze. We analyze every stride. We look at horses that we feel might be in our price range based on the pedigrees, et cetera, et cetera. You know, the the big lists go to smaller lists and go to smaller lists. Once you get some of these horses vetted and have an idea of what horses you might eventually bid on, uh, obviously the money that you raise uh, is going to be how you decide how much money you have to spend. So you have to put – Money aside for bills for an entire year on however many horses you buy. We'd like to buy three in partnership, go 50-50 with, uh, with another partner, uh, of which we have several to choose from, and come out of this with three two-year-olds um, and find out where the journey takes us. It's so exciting you know, to be in the sales ring and have a chance at a good horse. And I think you're right. I mean, I've talked to a lot of people that are either selling or – have bought in the past and the people that are selling, you know, they're two months, a lot of them three months past where they thought they would be on expenses before selling these horses. They need to get rid of them. They need to move on to the next crop of yearlings and into two-year-olds for next year. And the people that normally buy maybe aren't able to raise the kind of money they've raised in the past, which hopefully puts us in a good position to maybe buy a horse for a hundred thousand that we thought might go for 200, you know, in a normal year. So that's kind of how we're approaching it. And we're, we're feeling pretty confident about what we'll be able to get done there. Now, Joe, of course, after your appearance on Winning Ponies, I expect your phone or your email uh, to be ringing. Um, how 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 many people can be in y- your uh, brilliant horse racing? Well, the units are twenty five hundred, and that's for an entire year. There's absolutely no expenses guaranteed for an entire year. The first partnership went two whole years before we had a cash call, which was a very minimal cash call. The second partnership, we still haven't had a cash call. It's been well beyond a year already. So it gets you expenses for an entire year. Um, And, you know, we have members that have bought multiple units. We have supporters that, you know, two units, four units, eight units. So you have some members that are in for a bigger chunk. Obviously, their percentage is higher, uh, but to get involved, you get treated the exact same way as everybody else, it's 2500 for the year. And like yeah. I said, if you're going to own a horse, John, you should know who you're getting involved with. Trust is a huge, huge, huge part of this. It, it is. It is. And uh, I, I had a great partnership with a guy by the name of Jeff Greenhill. Uh, he's got stakes winners, uh, allowance horses, races on the uh, 
Northern Kentucky, Indiana, Ohio. So the people that are in these partnerships, uh, you know, get to see their horse run. And like you said, there's nothing better going back there before or after the races and seeing, quote, your horse, uh, showing with your friends. And hopefully you get to put that win picture in your man cave. But like, give me an example, Joe. Like if I give you twenty five hundred, am I am I into one of the three horses Am I into a small piece of all three? Walk me through it. Okay, so what we do different than whatever, well, not everybody else, but what a lot of other partnerships do, a lot of other partnerships will buy a horse for, let's just say, $100,000, and they will sell it back to a partnership. They'll sell shares based on the horse being worth 200000 We take the opposite approach. We collect the money first because we don't have the capital to necessarily buy the horses first. If we pay 50000 for a horse outside of a 5% commission that you would pay, you know, any other bloodstock agent, you're involved in all three horses. So the partnership, Brilliant Racing Partnership 3, is whatever horses we buy at this sale uh, are the ones you're involved in. Like I said, we split 50-50. We have a very good partner, um, JS Stables that uh, split a couple horses with us at the last sale. They're going to be active, active with us again at this sale. So you would basically own half of three horses, whatever your percentage is, based on how much money we raise and how much money you put in. So you're treated the same way as every other owner, no matter how much you put in. If you and a best friend want to get in and split a unit, we're fine with that as long as one of you takes responsibility for signing the contract. Uh, responsibility for, you know, any other expenses moving forward. Um, honestly, John, I mean, I got a full-time job. I love what I do. I couldn't own horses if we didn't do it uh, similar to the way we're doing it with Brilliant Racing. I couldn't, you know, maybe I can get involved, but not to this extent. So for me, this is just an extension of my hobby and my love for the sport. And we've gotten so many people involved. And like I said, it's a family atmosphere and, the relationships you make and the experience that you have and the memories yep. that you make, I mean, you know, they just last a lifetime. You'll never forget them. Yeah, it's great. And sometimes even if you don't own a horse, but you know a guy that's in your partnership that owns another, it's like a club. You start rooting for their horse and you invite them down to the winner's circle. Come on, get your picture taken. And whether or not you got your partner on that horse or not, you, you jump in. It becomes a real team effort. All right, listen, folks. Hope you got a pen and paper. Now, I'm not going to wait till the end of the show because sometimes they have to hurry things, and I don't want to uh -huh. do that. Uh, we're going to knock out two races here. Brut, get your pens and papers. I, I'm, I'm going to give out some information, and Joe will probably correct me when I'm wrong. But <clears throat> you can contact them by uh, email at spelt just like it sounds. One word, brilliantracing at gmail. Dot com. Joe, is it okay if I give that phone number out? Yes, please do. Okay. The phone number is 502-890-1260. I'm going to repeat both of those in case, like me, you grab the one pen in the box that doesn't work. Go to brilliantracing at gmail.com or call 502 890 one two six oh you're under no obligation 
Joe will give you no pressure, but basically he'll lay it all out. He'll send you the promotional uh, materials and also give you a link where where to get those so you can check it out yourself. So I hope you check that down. We got uh, about eight minutes or so to handicap two races, and I'm going to try to save a minute and a half at the end to give this information out again. So I hope I got all that straight, Joe. And uh, I do hope that we got you some business uh, uh, through Winning Pony because there is nothing better, man, to see your horse cross the finish line. It's like having your son hit the winning shot in the state championship. There's there's nothing better. I, I can't we emphasize. Got a horse, uh, our horse asking for it won the Indiana Derby last year without the jockey. People might remember that. And he also set a track record at Churchill Downs. So, John, when you look at the track records now, it goes real quiet, asking for it, our horse. And Secretariat. So it's pretty cool to have a horse sandwich between, you know, a Kentucky Derby winner and probably the greatest racehorse of all time. And kind of a fluke how it happened, but we'll take it. <laughs> I think it's great. Well, uh, let's go on uh, to, to, to one of the really good races they're offering at Churchill Downs. It'll be the seventh. It's named after one of my favorite fillies of all time, uh, Winning Colors. It's a six for a long dash. Man, there are some fast fillies and mares in here. Now, uh, I'll bring the highlights out and I'll let J- Joe take it from there. All right. Brad Cox, totally on fire, batting 25%. Uh, He comes in with a horse off a top effort at Oak Lawn Park and a 92 buyer and break even. Then you go down the list and you look at Spiced Perfection. My God, she's a a millionaire. She loves the distance. She has never been beat at six furlongs. She's three for three, and she's a multiple graded stakes winner, including the grade one Madison and the grade one La Brea. And let's not leave out Mia Mischief, Asmussen trained, uh, won the Humana Distaff at Churchill Downs, a track she loves. Eight starts, five wins, two seconds, and has won $640,000 there at Louisville. Those are the three to kind of sneak up to the top for me, Joe. What are you thinking here in the winning colors? Yeah, I think you pretty much nailed it. I think it's tough to get creative in this race. Mia Mischief, like you said, loves Churchill. And the the race that a lot of people forget about is the Roxolana, which is a $120,000 stake. It was ungraded. It happened in June. And she beat a horse by the name of Kofefe that day, who <laughs> we remember coming back. Yeah. And I thought, John, they were both gutted. I mean, Mia Mischief, I mean, she had to work so hard to win that race. And then she went to Saratoga ran a couple of bad races, uh, and then the Keeneland and the TCA, she ran third. But, man, she gets back to Churchill, uh, Oaklawn this uh, past spring, and she's back on top of her game probably better than ever. So cozily drawn on the outside with tactical speed over a racetrack that she loves, probably in the best form of her career. I think it's going to be tough to get past her. All right. Well, you know, again, I can't I can't disagree with you. Well, let's move on to when I looked at this race, I said, are you kidding me? I'm not even going to going to try to talk about this race. As Joe pointed out at the top of the show about all the great horses that are, you know, finding a way to the starting gate for these races, eight graded stakes winners will be going a mile and a 16th on the turf the old forester mint julep joe i'm gonna let you do the talking because i could talk all day but i know there's a couple that i do like i want to see what you have to say about them 
Yeah, the first thing I'm going to say is it's interesting because, you know, nobody knew that we were going to be living in this world back when all these horses went on their winter vacation. So, you know, you bring them back for derby week maybe to make their first start of the year. You get into the heart of the schedule where you've got options on both coasts. Obviously, you know, Belmont Stakes Day is a huge day. And just moving forward through the summer and eventually into the fall and leading up to the Breeders' Cup. So you're going to see a lot of horses in these kinds of races making their first starts of the year. And it's a $100,000 race, and there's bigger, more important races down the line. So sometimes some of these favorites are going to be a little bit vulnerable because maybe they need the race, like a Juliet Foxtrot. She's great. Bull recall for Brad Cox. Seems to have both bases covered. But do you really want to take a short price on those horses? That's the question you got to answer yourself. Uh, I kind of like Zofel at 20 to 1. She's got the recency factor. She's a deep closer who needs some pace to run at. The day that uh, she did not run all that well, at least on paper, February the 15th at Fairgrounds, that was a day when the rails were down. You had a fresh path of turf on the inside. It was a noticeable inside bias that she had to run completely against because she was in the 13 hole came back at Gulfstream, and that Sand Springs, she lost by three parts of a length as the favorite, but she never got a fair shot to run. She was the best horse that day. Mike Battaglia got a ton of respect for his morning line. I don't think you're going to get 20 to 1 on Zofal. I would think maybe 12 to 1 would be fair, but if you're looking for a price shot uh, in and amongst the the Giants, uh, I would maybe give a a real, real long look to Zofal. Joe, how about the Irish bread? Nay, lady, nay. I don't have any odds in front of me, but Jose Ortiz riding for Chad Brown. Uh, she's a very lightly raced horse, only five stars, but three of those were wins for over a quarter million dollars. Yeah, and it was funny because she was seven to one in the Mrs. Revere chair. Chad had another horse in there. Uh, I can't remember who it was, but it was another horse that was bet down. Nay Lady Nay was the longer shot of the two. She won. Uh, The Churchill Downs turf course in November can be a little bit funny, especially at the end of November when it's kind of boggy and kind of soggy, and some horses handle it and some horses don't. So I tend to downgrade horses that ran well over it because they just handled it. Maybe some of the other horses didn't. And I tend to give uh, horses an excuse that maybe didn't handle it well. You know it's Chad Brown. You know it's Jose Ortiz. Four to one on the morning line. I'm thinking, John, honestly, she might be a little bit of an underlay. But uh, more times than not, Chad Brown makes me look stupid. So uh, (laughs) we'll just let the horse do the talking. Well, I don't think there'll be any chalk in here. I, th- I think the favorite will be around four to one. So uh, if, if you do finally settle in on, on, a, on a Philly that, that you do like, I, again, you know, I think a lot of eyes, and rightfully so, will be drawn to Brad Cox and Julie, uh, Juliet Foxtrot. Uh, you know, she uh, just seems to be able to get decent position uh, and, and just sit sit off the pace a little bit and then drop a strike. Hasn't been out like the horses you said uh, this year. And uh, but, uh, you, you know, certainly could be any kind with this breeding and everything. Well, Joe, uh, I'm down to like two minutes to post. So. I, the last I, I told our listeners we do this and I'm going to do it again with a minute left, folks. You can get a hold and learn about this uh, partnership that is a very reasonable uh, entry fee, shall I say, at brilliantracing at gmail.com 
or just pick up the phone and give Joe a call. 502-890-1260. And it's too long for me to say on the air, but Joe will tell you how to get to their promotional materials so you can read it itself. Did I get all that out there, Joe? Yeah, that was great, John. I really, really appreciate it. Any questions that you have, be more than glad to answer it. Like I said, it's a family environment. You have so much fun with it. We uh, base our horses in Kentucky and uh, go to fairgrounds in New Orleans for the winter. So if you need an excuse to go to New Orleans, (laughs) I got a good one for you. That's great. Joe Christopher, thank you so much. I'll be watching you this weekend. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks so much for tuning in to Winning Ponies. We look forward to uh, talking to you next week. Until then, when you go to the races, bet with your head, not over it. Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies with John Englehart. We hope the information from today's show will benefit you at the next post. Join us for more insight next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. Also, look for our weekly newsletter. Have a great week, and may your photos always be winners.